helping people cope with and overcome life's challenges. This is Life Transformations with Michael Hart, Canadian Certified Counselor and Award-Winning Psychotherapist. This is Michael Hart of Elim Counseling Services, and I want to thank you for joining us in this episode of the Life Transformation Show. Today, we have another interesting show lined up for you. Today's show is titled Victory Over Fear and Anxiety. Victory Over Fear and Anxiety. So today we are going to be sharing some thoughts on how to overcome fear and anxiety using the biblical story of Gideon from Judges chapter 7. But before we go into today's show, let me welcome all my listeners that are joining me this morning. I know there are some of you that are are faithful listeners that are here every week. We want to thank you for your faithfulness to tuning in week after week. It has been my privilege to meet some of you in person. I want to also welcome our first-time listeners and remind you that we are on the air every Monday morning at 9.30. We want to thank you for joining us in this episode of the Life Transformation Show. So today we are talking about victory over over fear and anxiety. And uh, I think I need to give the number out before I go into this show as well. So if you're just joining us, our number that you can get a hold of us is one 544 3546. Or you can find out more about our ministry by going to elimcounselingministry.com. Elim is spelled E L I M, counseling with two L's, ministry.com. So I want to get right into today's show because I think this is a very pertinent topic. Many of us are faced with situations that are challenging, we are faced with situations that sometimes overwhelm us. And this story in in Judges chapter 7, it's about an overwhelming situation that caused fear for a lot of people. So I want to set the background to that text. I won't be able to read the text or read all of it, but I'll give a, a kind of summary, if I may say so, of what transpired in this story. So I want you to picture this scene. There are two armies, one army, the Amalekites, and uh, all the other nations that were on their side fighting against the Israelites. Now, on one side, you have this army that the Bible tells us that they were too too numerous to number and that they were like the sand of the seashore without number. So this is saying that you can't number. When you look at this army, they are so so numerous that it would be like trying to count the sand of the seashore. This is how big that army is. Now, on the other side, you have the Israelites. And the Israelites, you could number that army. So we are told in Scripture that the number of the Israelites, that there were 32,000 men. So on one side, you have 32,000. On the other side, you have this vast number of fighters that's too numerous. So that is an overwhelming situation. Maybe that picture paints the challenges that you are faced with. Maybe it's debt that you are faced with that is, is, is so large that it seems unsurmountable for you to 
ever pay off that debt. Maybe it's a relationship that has been so bad for so long that you feel as if you are stuck and there is nothing that you can ever do or nothing that will ever happen to make you make this relationship better. Maybe it's an illness. Maybe it's an illness that you have been battling for many years and this illness has now become so 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 much a part of your life that you can never see yourself being healthy again. When situations face us like that, fear and anxiety are likely outcome. But today we want to show you how you can overcome fear and anxiety. So if we look, if we go deeper or more into this story today, uh, the, the story unfolds and what we find happening is that God gave this instruction to Gideon saying, Gideon, the army, the army that you have fighting with you, they're, they're, they're too, the, the army is too large for me to work with. If I work with these 32,000 men, they're going to think it's because of their number that they're victorious. So what I want you to do is ask whoever is afraid to go home. So I can just imagine Gideon going to these men and saying, yeah, these these great warriors, 32,000 strong, and they're positioned in battle lines, ready to fight this large multitude. So I'm going to ask whoever is fearful to go home. Maybe two or three would leave and we would still have a large army. What was surprising to Gideon is that when he gave the instruction asking who would like to leave? Who is fearful and would like to leave? They started trickling out one by one until we are told that 22,000 of the men left. So Gideon must have been shaking in his boots now. His army of 32,000 strong is now down to 10,000. And keep in mind, as I said before, that on the other side is this army so vast that it cannot be numbered. So 10,000 against <laughs> against a, a multitude that is too numerous to number. I think that is Kind is more than uh, David and Goliath's story. The odds are even more uh, higher. The, the odds of the other side winning, I think, would be more likely for than the story of David and Goliath for Goliath to win in that battle. And so, when we are faced with situations like that, we begin to assess the situation to see what are the likelihood that we can be successful, and depending on how we judge the situation, it, that determines the level of our fear. And there are two regions of our brain that comes into play here. The first part that deals with emotion is the amygdala. That, that part of our brain gets triggered when we feel a situation is too much to handle and we are destined for defeat. And so that's why fear kicks in because the amygdala gets triggered. It's then stimulus to the rest of the body. Our mouths become dry. Our hearts start racing. We start sweating. And all of those symptoms of that goes along with fear kicks in. Why? Because the amygdala gets triggered and say, danger, danger, run for your life or fight for your life because you are in danger right now. Or sometimes we go into freeze mode where we just stand there 
and we do nothing because we are overwhelmed and perplexed by the, by the magnitude and the gravity of the situation. So these, these, these 32, these 22,000 men that left, their amygdala got the better of them. So there are two parts of their brain warring, the amygdala versus the prefrontal cortex. And the prefrontal cortex is that part of our brain that deals with rational thought, where we assess situation to see if there is danger that we need to, to, to fight, fight, flight, fight, or, or freeze. And so these, these men who left, they took the flight option. They ran away. And so there's 10,000 people remaining in the army of, of Gideon. Let me use an analogy to help you to understand more what goes on when we are faced with perplexing situation. If you have a situation, uh, let us say that you, you're in a, a situation, let's use the example of a lion, even though this is not a, a common day occurrence. But if you are 10 feet away from a lion and you look at that lion and you say, wow, this lion is moving towards me. It's coming closer and closer. Your amygdala is going to go crazy. You're going to start sweating. Your heart is going to start beating faster and faster. You're either going to start running for your life or you're going to stand there like a deer in the headlight and get eaten by that lion. However, if that lion is 10 feet away from you and is moving closer and closer, but there is a glass between you and the lion and you can see the lion and you're in the context of a zoo, your prefrontal cortex is going to assess that situation and say, ah, this lion is not going to be able to get to you. And your amygdala is going to calm right down and you're going to say, oh, this lion is sort of cute. Look how fluffy he is. And you might even reach a hand towards the glass like you're trying to, to play with the lion. So this is because your prefrontal cortex assessed that situation to say there is really no danger, even though the lion is that close. So when we become overwhelmed and fearful, the prefrontal cortex assess the situation and say, this is dangerous, this is overwhelming, or you will never succeed at doing this, and we run. And many of us have been running for years from situations and callings and opportunities because we are fearful. Many of us are fearful of trying because we don't want others to know that we're capable of, of failing. We are fearful of failing. Colonel Saunders, who started uh, the Kentucky Fried Chicken, he failed 1,000 times. As a matter of fact, it said that he went to uh, over 1,000 uh, restaurant owners asking them to part, partner with him in starting this, in starting the Kentucky Fried Chicken franchise. And he got turned down time and time and time again. Why? Because these people assessed the situation and said it was too much of a risk. So back to our story. These 22,000 fighters left the situation and went home. So Gideon Amygdala by now must be really uh, kicking up in, in, in intensity and is, is fear. Maybe Gideon was there uh, shaking in his boots saying, what am I going to do now? My army is now down to 10,000 
and there is an army on the other side too numerous to number. But the situation gets the story gets even even more strange because God now says these ten thousand men who are there they're still too much. So Gideon, what I want you to do is to observe these men to see how they drink water from the river, and whoever bends down and laps the water like a dog, acts that acts these men to. Go home. So Gideon must have said, "Okay, let's see what's going to happen now. My ten thousand army, maybe you know, some by some miracle we can win." But now, after observing the men as they drank water from the river, the army size that was left that that was left was three hundred men because all of those those men. This 9,700 men apparently lapped the water like a dog. And so these men had to leave as well. So now God had Gideon down to 300 men fighting against an army that was too numerous to number. So the odds weren't stopped in Gideon's, Gideon's favor. So by assessing that situation on the surface, it is overwhelming and too much to handle. Now, there are many situations that when we are faced with these situations, if we assess them on the surface, they're going to be too much for us to handle. If we assess them based on our strengths and our ability, it's going to be too much for us to handle. And so what God was doing in this story was to create a situation where any victory that occurred could not be deemed to be because of the skill of the skills of the fighters that remained or because of any any speci- any special talents or skills fighting skills that these pe- these 300 men ha- had it had to be from God so There are situations like that that we are faced with where we will come to the end of our strength, the end of our capabilities, and we now have to rely on God for him to help us. As a matter of fact, many of the best uh, psychology programs are many uh, such as the AA groups that help people to recover from alcoholism and from sex addiction, one of the principles of those groups is that people have to believe in a higher power. I think it's step four of, of most of those programs where they have to come to the acceptance that the thing that I am battling with is too much for me to, to beat in my own strength. And so the first step in overcoming fear is to assess the situation. And if the situation is too much for you, then you have to see what resources do you have outside of yourself. And God is a great resource for us to to have. As a matter of fact, many of the studies that have been done show that people who have belief in a higher power, that they're more likely to cope better with adversities. I'm going to read here from one of the studies that were published in the 2012 International Scholarly Research Notices Journal. It's a psychiatric journal, and it's number 278730. And the topic of this particular publication is titled 
religion, spirituality, and health, the research and clinical implications by Harold G. Koenig and company. And what this, what, what, what this study showed, as a matter of fact, it's not just one study. They looked at a number of studies. So they looked at 344 studies that were published between 2000 and 2010, plus another 110 that was published prior to the year 2000, for a total of 454 studies. And what they found is that people who had a belief in a higher power, who had religion and spirituality, that these people cope better with a wide range of illnesses. Illnesses such as chronic pain, kidney disease, neurological disorders, bereavement, and that the overwhelming majority of the studies people reported that their religion and their spirituality was helpful. So this is not me saying this. This is not a Christian study. This is study that's available out there in the psychiatric journal. Another part of, of that study looked at people's well-being and happiness. And they said that a belief in, in, in a higher power, uh, if, if the, you, be, you have religion and spirituality, you will have higher level of happiness as well. And I, I'll just uh, read here that from the study. They, they looked at at least 326 quantitative peer review studies that looked at the relation between religion and spirituality and, and how people coped up the well-being that people and happiness that people had. And what they said is that of the 120 studies with the highest, I'm reading here, of the 120 studies with the highest methodological rigor, that they have a way of rating these studies, they're saying this 120 studies with the highest rigor, that these studies show that there was a positive relationship between spirituality, religion, and happiness. So in other words, these studies are showing, the, the, the rigorous studies are showing that if you have a belief in God, that you're more likely to be happy and you're more likely to be doing well mentally than if you don't. So again, the first part in overcoming anxiety, fear and anxiety, when you are faced with overwhelming situation where your amygdala says, this is too much for me, you need to have something, a belief in, 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 in God in this case that, that goes beyond your strength and your capability. So let's talk a little bit about why God sent home those men who lapped like a dog. Now, in those days, if you are positioning for battle and you are in a situation where there is an enemy on the other side, you want to keep your hands free so that if there is an attack, you can respond immediately. So those these men who were lapping like a dog, they were probably lapping in such a way with their tongue that they could see their surroundings and their hands were free so that they can they can respond if in danger. And it was these men that God said, send these men home. So in other words, the message 
message that God is trying to get through to, to Gideon and the men who he was going to use is that this battle is beyond your capabilities. It's beyond your techniques. It's beyond what you can do in yourself. So there are situations that we are going to be faced with that is beyond our capabilities. Now, my question to you is, do you think Gideon was fearful? Remember that 22,000 men left when God said, if you are fearful, you can go home. And 22,000 men left. Do you think Gideon was fearful? If you're in that situation where you had an army of 300 and on the other side, there is there is an army too much to number. Would you be fearful? Well, I would say that if you're listening to this show and you're saying, no, I would not be fearful, I would say that maybe you're not being truthful to yourself. Because we know from the scripture that Gideon was fearful. If you look at chapter, at the same chapter, chapter 7 of Judges, verse 10, we are told that God said to, to Gideon, arise and go down to the camp for I've delivered it into your hand. So God is giving Gideon this instruction that Gideon, you can go. The victory is yours. And Gideon must have been standing there and thinking, "Yeah, it, there are there is an army there of of over you know millions of fighters, and I only have three hundred men." And Gideon must have been standing there and not moving. And God looked into his heart and saw that he was afraid. So God said in verse ten, "But if you are afraid." Go down to the if you're afraid to go down to the camp, go with your servant Pura. And so in other words, Gideon, if you're afraid to go alone to spy out this camp, go with go with Pura. And so God gave him uh, someone to go and to spy out this camp. So Gideon was afraid because he's once God said that, he went with his servant Pura. So another uh another point that I want to drive home here is that to overcome fear and anxiety, you have to be willing to face the very things that you're fearful of. Many of us fail and are overcome by our situations because we allow our situations to dictate how we act. How we act. Gideon did not do that. Gideon said, yes, I'm afraid, but I'm not leaving. The other 22,000 men left. Gideon was afraid, but he remained. In other words, he was facing the very things that he was fearful of. So courage doesn't mean a lack of fear. Courage means being fearful and going anyway. So have your fear prevented you from embarking on some course? Have your fear prevented you from taking on challenges that you feel you have been called to, 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 to face? And so fear shouldn't be your dictator. You should assess situation and see whether or not these situations, if there's a rational reason for you to be afraid, and if you, if you, if you are in a situation that calls for fear, it's okay to say that I am fearful. But it's also okay to say I have a God who I feel with his help I can overcome this fearful situation. And this was what Gideon did. Gideon looked at the situation and he said, on one side, there is this army that's too numerous to number, 
but on my side there is three there are, are three hundred men and God. But I think I still have a chance. I think I will win because God is on my side. And so even though the odds are against me, and even though I am afraid, I am going to venture for it and 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 take on this challenge. So have your fears been preventing you from taking actions? Some of us have had trauma in our past that have limited us from accepting kindness from others because we just we are too fearful to trust our amygdala that little part of our brain that we that I talked about earlier kicks in and say ah oh, people people mean bad things will happen you can't trust and we do not assess the situation we do not engage our, our, our prefrontal cortex that part of our brain that deals with rational thought to say is this really a situation that I need to not to trust people, or should I, you know, begin to build relationship with people? Many of us also cannot trust leadership because we have been hurt by people who have led us. And some of us, it goes back to our parents, but some of us have also been hurt by other church leaders. And because of that, our amygdala reacts when we are in situations where we have to be subject to the authority of leaders and so we rebel or we leave the church or we just don't become a part of any church because we said, I don't want to be hurt again. That is a situation where the fear part of your brain, the amygdala, is getting the better of you. What you need to do instead to overcome these type of fears is to assess the situation. As I said before, engage the prefrontal cortex to see if the situation warrants you being afraid. If there is no rational reason for you not to trust the current leadership or to trust people that you're meeting for the first time, then begin to engage your brain and to assess the situation and say, you know what, I'm going to give these people a chance. Because if we don't, then we will be ruled by our fear. Gideon was fearful, but he was not ruled by his fear. He overcome fear by venturing forward after assessing the situation and realizing that 300 men plus God is more than an army too numerous to number. So we have quickly come to the end of today's show, and I hope you found these tips helpful. Uh, this is your host, Michael Hart of Elim Counseling Services. I want to thank you for joining us on this episode. And if you have missed the first part of this show, you can listen to the full podcast by going to our website at elimcounselingministry.com. Elim is spelled E-L-I-M, counseling with two L's, ministry.com. Or you can go to our or you can call us at one 544 3546 We would be happy to hear from you. So until next time, I want to pray that God would bless you in all your relationships and to keep you sound in mind and pure in heart.